on. Hey, hey, you guys. It's your girl, Chrissy K, and we're back with another episode of No Topic. And today, I have a very special guest. I don't know what you want to call yourself on the radio. Are we going to say cooking good looking or like how are we going to do this? How you want to be called on the radio? My first name, Levon. Levon, Mr. Levon is here. Let's give a round of applause for Levon. So I think we're on episode eleven for you guys, but this is a brand new season. You know, I had changed co-hosts and all of that good stuff. But those who's been actively following no topic. Definitely, I appreciate your support. Those who listen and share with your friend, definitely share with your friend. You feel me? Because we got to support each other, okay? That's how we can be in our little No Topic community. Um, if you haven't, follow No Topic TV on Instagram. Follow our YouTube page. More content. Trust me. I am working on it, and I know I haven't been so consistent in the past, but, you know, Shorty was in school. Shorty had to work, you know, although I love doing this podcast shit. Um, I also got to pay my bills, you feel me? So I have LaVon here, and LaVon is someone who is and definitely love working with the kids in our community, um, works with, have his own after-school program, is a coach, mentor, teacher you know anything with helping others he do and we here to talk about the education system because i know you guys have a lot to say um and let's just get into it let's just get into it so you know i think a lot of people think education is the same for everyone that everyone is getting the same education and learning the same thing but necessarily, that's not always true. So how do you feel about that? Do you think education is the same or for everyone? No. I think it's strategic. But I also think that it's, it's case by case. Mm-hmm. So um, let's take New York City, for example. Mm-hmm. There's clearly a divide in resources attention, mm-hmm. time, de- delegation towards the urban community as to uh, as opposed to um, communities that's out, that are filled with more Caucasian students or Jewish students. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the biggest challenge is placing a limitation upon any population. Mm-hmm. So they'll look at Brownsville, Brooklyn, or they'll look at Best-Eye, Brooklyn, and they'll say these kids aren't fit to get the resources that are, that are going to propel them to these next stages. So unless they are, are in a gifted and talented program, mm-hmm. unless they are, are in, in a program that has such great relationships with outside vendors, um, i.e. charter schools, Catholic schools, um, there's, there's a pigeonhole effect that's taking place. And I think that our students become victims to now having to convince themselves that they aren't behind the able. For mm-hmm. example, a valedictorian for Brooklyn Collegiate High School, mm-hmm. which probably graduates 80 students, mm-hmm. wouldn't get the same recognition as a valedictorian for Brooklyn Tech. So now the difference is, right, Brooklyn Tech has the accolades, it has the, the, the backing, it has the reputation, it has the, the, the name. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So now New York City in itself, mm-hmm. we respect more the name as as opposed to the actual work. So a student from Brooklyn Collegiate, a student from a small high school may not get the recognition, may not get the scholarship, may not get the endorsement of you deserve to not be in a position to run the world as opposed to a student from Brooklyn Tech because of the idea in New York City that certain populations deserve more than others. So is the educational system or is education different from other, from from for everyone not necessarily mm-hmm. but the opportunities are and you know what you can even branch this out to college right in terms of the ranking system just because a school has funded a lot of money like harvard and yale doesn't mean that is actually a good school just like you said brooklyn tech had more recognition because of the name harvard has more recognition because of the name and the people that actually succeed from the school you know, I learned recently, listening to The Breakfast Club, love that show, um, that the ranking system is not based on academics. It's based on how much money people put into the school. So you don't even know if the education system in Harvard is actually good or not. And what's make, what makes it fucked up is that um, these ranking systems don't even look at HBCU schools. They don't really have a, a category or a place. How do you School. know that? Um, the information. As far as them not looking at the HBCUs. Um, they were talking about it on um, Brooklyn College. They, um, I said Brooklyn College, uh, the Breakfast Club. Um, one of the, I forgot his name. I can't recall, but he's so they basically don't, in they charge. They don't include any of the HBCU rankings, or they don't. Well, include? the HBCUs are not on the top. Five of the rankings in terms of the general school when it completes. Like the HBCU have their own ranking, but in terms of when all the schools rank together, they're not a part of that gotcha. same ranking. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. What, 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 what's the what's the symbolism behind that? You think? Hey, what do you think that represents? In talking about education not being the same, why is that different? I think is I think no, because you said that how. Schools are more popular based on the names, right? So I was saying, in a sense, like, all right, that's true even in college-based, that people feel like Harvard is the best school because the name Harvard, you know? They're just known of their name. They're not known of their education system, and then everybody's just trying so hard to get to the schools that are just well-known just to have the name. You know it's crazy? But what about we should, we need to focus on the education system and, and, and what that school could provide because there's other schools that could provide you the same type of qualification. It's just the same that if you try to get a job, right, at a at a school or something, right, and let's say you didn't do your best at Harvard or whatever or someone went to Brooklyn College or a city school, did good, and has the same type of degree, but it's always the one who went to the Ivy League school that automatically gets the get the job only because of the name of the school. They put too much hype and emphasis in it. And that's why I was asking you, why do you think that's the case? I think um, we got to get in a position to change the people that are in position to make decisions mm-hmm. on what's important. Because Howard and Howard, I mean, Harvard mm-hmm. and, and Howard and Howard mm-hmm. Shouldn't be too far off, right? So the decision to go to Harvard shouldn't be solely always based on academics. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people's decision to go to Howard is sometimes based on legacy, mm-hmm. or sometimes based on the sweatshirt that they saw 
on a um a different world or the experience or the experience. But I know the thing is I that's why I don't really believe in a ranking system that that we should I, and this is why I feel like my belief is that education should be the same, but sadly it's not. If you go and even bringing it back to elementary school, middle school and high school, um a school in a white predominantly neighborhood and a school in a black predominantly neighborhood are two different things. And this is why um, people forge addresses so their kids can get the best education in a different school. You know, schools is based. And this is why. Let me just say this. Schools. The reason why I don't agree with education is not the same for all, because in general, and I can say this about New York, everything is segregated in New York. You don't realize it, but it is. The black neighborhood is a black neighborhood. The Russian neighborhood, the Russian neighborhood, the Chinese neighborhood, everything is segregated based on each people. You could you could drive up and hit the Jewish neighborhood, and you could drive up and then Chinese neighborhood. You could drive up and have the Hispanic neighborhood. And, in the, and the reason why it's segregated, because just because you live in that particular area, you only have to go to schools in that predic- particular area. So then it's like, you know. And then when you go to these schools... It's not the same, right? Because, um, and, you know, you said a good point earlier about the testing and things like that. School who do well on these state exams or these tests, they get more funding because they're presumably looked as being a good school. Even the teachers get more recognition and more money if their students do good. What is the point of all of that? It's... It seems like there's no point in the decisions that's being made. Mm-hmm. So that's why education is taking a, a back seat. Um, I think the biggest problem mm-hmm. and the biggest challenge is the inability to look ourselves in the mirror and say that the, the decision makers are at fault. So for you to be in the positions, because if we're looking at stats, if we're looking at numbers, if we're looking at the hierarchy of of what population winds up graduating. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the African American population is at the the bottom of those statistics. So mm-hmm. now, what I I deem the city does mm-hmm. is say, all right, for X Y and Z schools and X Y and Z neighborhoods, we can't pay too much attention because we're gonna be investing in something that's null and void. Mm-hmm. So now it becomes an investment as opposed to just care. So the decision makers and the lawmakers and the policy makers they aren't making decisions based on the the general consensus of what it is to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. It boils down to the money aspect. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. It's not about the kids. And and this is the thing. Um, and this is why I feel like education is not the same. I was on a radio podcast, a live show um, over the summer, early in the summer. And um, I don't remember the podcast name, but it was very different. Um it was like a black guy and rednecks there. And this guy was really arguing me, arguing with me, because they were talking about education system, about how oh, education is the same for everyone. It's just, you know, kids in these communities don't want to learn. And when I heard that, that I have never been so mad in my life to just say, like, people just don't want to learn. But education is more 
than academic. If And I always believe this. If a child is not emotionally there, he will not be academically there. If things are going at, going on at home, he's not going to be able to succeed academically. He probably doesn't care about anything academic because he's not getting the care that he needs at home. And we're not looking beyond just text grades. And this is why I don't believe in teaching to the test or things like that. But we'll get into that topic later. But um, in my years of being in the education system, working after school, working as a teacher and things like that, I've seen the difference between these schools and it's extremely different down to the funding aspect, down to the technology and the textbook um, aspects, down to even providing programs and things like that. And, and you know what? It's, it's crazy because, you know, I now work in special education. Do you feel like, you know, um, LaVon, there's a difference in terms of who's actually failing more, the special education systems or the general ed population in terms of when it comes to succeeding in the near future, academic, educational-wise, or even, like, um, providing services for these kids? To be totally honest, I think the special education system is doing an amazing job of the um, the resources they're providing mm-hmm. of the inclusion. Mm-hmm. If you look at most special education curriculums, um, resources, um, aspects of assets are aren't based on just one population. Mm-hmm. They're based to cover the whole spectrum of any race, mm-hmm. any culture, any idea. Also, when I look at a lot of special education programs, the white student, the black student, the Hispanic student, the, the straight student, the, um, the LGBTQT student, mm-hmm. any student in the general in, in the special education program kind of benefits because D75 or that expression as a whole has put the work in to say, all right, this works, this doesn't. Let's follow this model. Let's not segregate. The, the, the aspect of the impact that we can have based on one student being smaller than the other or one student behaving um, better than the other. Because what I think special education um, advisors in New York City understand mm-hmm. is that as a whole, we have to be there for them. Mm-hmm. So now when you look at the general education um, department, that's more freelance. So that's more, all right, let's, let's, let's be a little bit hands-off. Let's give them what we can give them and let's see which population receives it the best way. You don't have that leeway with special education. So you have to give it your all. So you see the bigger product in special education. Mm-hmm. You see these kids who can't, who are who are told you shouldn't be able to even hold a soda can, eventually mm-hmm. be able to sling a Frisbee and understand the art behind slinging a Frisbee. And then that student can now become a Frisbee instructor. Whereas we take general education students and we, we, we place their limits to the sky. All right, mm-hmm. you may have a reading deficiency, but we want you to pass the Spanish region. Mm-hmm. So now, what are you doing to the special to the special education student that you aren't doing for the the general education student? You aren't providing support structures and systems. So it's going to be all over the place until they they get it right. And a lot of it has to do with the, the human nature behind the decision makers and the lawmakers and the DOE. Hold on.
all right. I think what you said was valid. Um, but in terms of special education, after middle school, after high school, in terms of D75, particularly special needs, do you feel like what is the after life for them in terms of once they finish school, what is the goal for them? All right, so where I I feel like the educational system has failed as a whole mm-hmm. is not finding a way to create a pipeline between school and work. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the pipeline between high school and work or college and work. Mm-hmm. So for the general education student, I firmly believe that when you graduate college, mm-hmm. you should now be, if you're a phys ed major, mm-hmm. you should now be automatically entered into an internship. Mm-hmm. So now this internship should be the six weeks or the year or whatever it is the requirement for you to pay your dues, mm-hmm. for you to show your worth, and for you to eventually be now given an opportunity to land a job in the field that you graduated college in. That should be an automatic. So now the same should happen for special education students. We got the thing called vocational training. So now if we if we read you out of our system by the time you're 21, we should have provided the, 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 the trades, the skills, the know-how necessary for you to now be a sufficient member of our, of our society. Mm-hmm. Is that happening? I don't think it's being taken seriously. I don't think that pipeline is created. So now we provide any services by, by, by the time they're 21, we read them out of our building. Mm-hmm. And we hope and we pray that they're okay, but we don't have the stats to show. We don't have the numbers to show, all right, we graduated X, Y, and Z students out of our program or X, Y, and Z students transitioned from our program. Now, which students are working at Home Depot? Mm-hmm. Which students are now paraprofessionals in schools? Mm-hmm. Which students are in, provis- are in positions to give back to our students and maybe run a mentoring program? Mm-hmm. Being more strategic with the placement of what we do and kind of creating some type of pipeline is what we need to do. And I don't want to hear the excuse of that's impossible or we haven't done that because we're in a new day and age. Mm-hmm. The pandemic reset what the educational structure should be mm-hmm. all the way from technology now to the understanding of what we have to provide. So if we got to do it, let's do it. and Let's change how we look at things. And I think we need to provide that. I don't know how um, high school kids are in their school. I happen to go to a Catholic all-girls school. And I know my senior year, you said about the internship idea. That was something that I had to do. And everyone had to complete an internship. My internship was working with autistic kids doing art therapy and music therapy. And it was a great internship, a great experience. But I feel like in terms of education in general, we need to start to move forward, to become better. I feel like we need to start, and this is why I like teaching my population of kids, certain things that we think is basic, kids don't know, right? Right. I've teach in a general education class and I've teach in a special education class. There's some kids, I'm talking about the younger ones and special needs, you know, in the autism population and stuff. Some kids don't even know their mom's name, like first grade and stuff. They only know them as mommy. They don't know their parents' phone number, but they don't know the address. And these are basic things that they should learn, you know. And I think what I like about working on our population, middle school, we start teaching kids about resumes and things like that. They don't teach that in regular school. Me going to private school, the only thing I appreciated, there was a couple of things that I appreciate going to a Catholic private school, is that, one, we um, 
definitely learned about just give me a minute y'all our dogs are barking Um, we need to bring back um, learning more than just the academia. And I think that's something that we really mm-hmm. need to do. Um, and I appreciate teaching my kids about resume, job, and things like that. I think we need to start doing that. Another thing I feel like we also need to incorporate is um, um, learning how to work with our hands of vocational jobs and things like that, um, training job, job training, things like that. Because let's just be honest, if we're going to differentiate in a school all the time for different learners and things like that to to help them. Why can't we also focus on careers that's beyond academia? Because not everybody is book smart. Some people are good at working with their hands. Some people are visual learners. Some people are creative. So let's get into, like, teaching the kids more about that, you know, um, I feel like we need to start looking at the life aspect of teaching because Michelle Obama said it herself nicely. School don't teach you about life. Life teach you about life. And I think that was said so beautifully in her podcast. Her podcast is amazing. Um, She said that there was a lot of things school didn't teach you. And she said that school teaches you how to be comfortable, but life teach you how to be successful. And that's absolutely true. And I feel like we need to start incorporating that in our school to make the kids think beyond just being a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, or things like that. I think we need to do more career day, more exposing the kids, taking the kids on trip. Because let's be honest, some of our kids have never even been outside of Brooklyn. Some of our kids never even been to a beach. Some of our kids, and I'm just talking about in the black community majority of the time, um, because let's just face it, school schools are not the same for every ethnic group. It's not. And as much people might say, oh, we all get the same education, the same that we don't. There's still a systematic system in place, and we need to do better so that way it doesn't end up being a generational thing. And it is a general, a generational thing now. You know, uh, kid goes to school, didn't get the best education, didn't have the best household, gets pregnant, and has the kid raising up in the same situation, and it just ends up being an endless cycle. But it's the money, right? Mm-hmm. If we go back to that aspect of it. So if you look at schools and, and neighborhoods that are, are well off, these students, for whatever reason, have the infrastructure to now excel at a higher rate. Schools, schools get paid off of attendance, mm. not results. So if if I'm the school, if I'm going to get funding and backing, if my students are attending, regardless of what their academic you know, progress or success is or achievements are, mm-hmm. my emphasis is going to be on getting the kids to school. My emphasis isn't going to be as much on getting the kids to excel. 
Because now that's that's the icing on the cake. Whereas at these schools where the kids are automatically excelling, I'm going to put the emphasis on now supporting their acceleration. So how do you even get school? You know, um, in terms of us being in middle school, how do we even get kids to even come to school? Because, you know, how do you get the kids to want to come to school? How How can we change that? You know, because for some kids, school is an outlet, and they found that. Some kids is like, yo, I didn't feel like coming. You know, they don't really care about that. How do we get them to care? Yeah, we got to gotta make a purpose besides just the diploma and, and, um, and degrees and stuff now. I but think- I think we need to show them what life will be without education and why education is important. I think we need to go on trips, you know, like... For some kids, we need to go on Beyond Straight, Beyond Scared, or, um, you know, visit jail cell, visit things like that. This is what's going to happen. Or more schools that are tangible. Mm-hmm. I think we need more schools that serve the purpose of what the student needs. Um, I don't think the students that I teach on the emotional disturbance on the spectrum or even the mentally ill spectrum, I don't think all of them necessarily need social studies or science. Some of them may need periods or two throughout the week of um, mentoring, therapy, guidance, counseling, driver's ed, trade. Oh my God, driver's ed! We don't even have that. You know, so even I, like uh, it is it. Um, finish what you're just gonna say. No, nah, I just think that we we put too much focus on the way things have been. Mm-hmm. We're not putting enough focus on how things should go. I think I think we should have a case by case. Breakdown of each and every student that's in our educational system mm-hmm. in a plan, whether it's a four-year plan, an eight-year plan, a 12-year plan. The minute that a student is in kindergarten, there should be a 12-year plan that tracks the student. We should be able to track every student in our pipeline. What are they doing well? What benefits them? Mm-hmm. Where, where, did, where did they catch a hiccup? How can we now support this? So now but, when, but how do you do that as a teacher? Like, not, as a it's teacher? Not, it's not as a teacher. It's as a system. As a system. It's a system. The minute that student enters pre-K or kindergarten, they should never leave the system. They should never not be trapped. We do it with, uh, with the law. The minute, the minute you're arrested, you're trapped for the rest of your life. So, so why do we pay more attention to these type of things on an individual basis when it comes to negativity as opposed to when it comes to the fruits of our labor, which will be getting a great education? Mm-hmm. I think the only way this can change, and you absolutely said it earlier, the only way we can change that is if we change the system. Because, you know, a lot of people like to blame the teacher, the teacher, the teacher, the teacher for the reason why the kid is not excelling in a certain way. But people don't realize there's only so much you can do as a teacher. You have to take care of multiple kids. Not only that, you have to do paperwork, worry about the state, worry about IEPs, um, everything is paperwork based, mm-hmm. and then it's not like we don't want to teach beyond that. We want to, uh, but we have to follow a curriculum. And that's the the last aspect of education not being the same for everyone. Pretty much, is it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't for you to, for you or anyone else to tell me that your education should be the same as mine. You're fooling yourself mm-hmm. because the reason why I shouldn't it starts with your parent. Mm. Starts with your your, your caretaker. Starts with, starts with somebody that's raising you. So now, when you leave me the teacher, and you're home from four, mm-hmm. 
till six, seven in the morning the next day. Mm-hmm. That caretaker, that parent, that guardian should now take it into their responsibility to say, you know what, I have to teach my child. I'm not going to just rely on the DOE. So now when, when the DOE is teaching my child these four subjects, I'm going to reinforce. I'm going to teach my child how to how to pronounce words. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach my child how to enunciate. But not everybody gets the same thing. So that statement in general, right, is education the same for everyone? You just stated that it shouldn't be because everyone is different. And I think that was the best answer I have ever heard. Um, Like, really, I have to give a round of applause to that because that answer was obviously everything. It's true. Education shouldn't be the same for everyone because everyone is different. Just the same as we have different people who learn differently, like visual, audio, um, kinetic uh, learners, we shouldn't make the same for everyone. But I do believe one thing, a class they should incorporate for everyone is maybe a life skill class for all the schools because everyone needs that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when you get older, especially when you finish college, because even college don't teach you that, in terms of how to do taxes, how to um, learn about stocks, how to Credit. proper etiquette or or how to cook or certain things like that that should have been done like what happened to home ec like let's let's get those back let's get back to to like real things no offense trigonometry you ain't really gonna use it in real life so it's like certain things i'm not saying it's not bad not knowing it. it of course knowing it depending on what career path you're going is definitely acceptable but there's a lot of people in terms of the new generation who don't know how to cook, who don't know how to take care of themselves when it comes to life, who don't know how to do taxes or read papers and read the fine print and knowing when you're getting scam and things like that. So knowing about mortgage and real estate and things like that, I feel like we end up learning that on our own. Even like when it comes to resume, although we teach resume in school, in general, you don't learn that. Nope. And even in college, you don't learn that unless you go to the career advisement center, which if you're a student who's always working and going to school and study, you don't even have time to even go there. So why not it be a class where you could learn about life, general things, you know? The agenda. You got to change the agenda. The agenda. It needs to go beyond that. But even getting into that... What are you? What's your feelings on teaching to the test in terms of exams and um, these high stake exams? It's the, it's the worst thing. It's the worst thing that any any governing body of any department of education could have ever instituted. You're limiting the teacher. You're limiting the student. And you're making everybody robotic. Mm-hmm. So now what you're doing is you're not you're not cultivating a a, a, a school or a building of 50 to 60 different great minds in the educational setting. Mm-hmm. These 50 or 60 minds are now becoming one and telling themselves that they have to do X, Y, and Z just to make sure that the students know how to circle A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. Or just to make sure that the students know how to know how to answer to the same prompt that hasn't changed since since 1996. And um, it's it diminishes the product because now what you do is you have the product of intellect veering away from paper and pen 
and veering more into finger and tablet. So now, me as a student, this is robotic. This is not incentivizing me to to, to learn, to, to 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 use it in my everyday life, to to even integrate it in my practices. However, when I leave here, my sensory emotions and my my everyday routine and my the, the fabric of who I am wants to align myself with now a more technology savvy way of thinking, you know, way 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 of showing my my worth or showing my intellect so i just think it's, it's, it's similar to the whole aspect of what's going on with any educational system we're behind the able because teaching to any test is a failure students students you can't tell the student who has text anxiety that they aren't as intellectual as a student who doesn't based on the test and i trust me i have test, test anxiety and um, I hate taking exam, especially math exam. It's not my favorite subject. And you might think, oh, you're a teacher. No, nah, I'm normal like everybody else. And uh, although I have to take exams, I have to kind of brush up on certain things. I don't agree with taking high stake exams, like especially things like SATs and big exams like that. What's the point of that? That doesn't show that you're smart. It doesn't. Um, kids will do more and do great and excel more just watching them in class participation little tests little quizzes in the class but will fail miserably on a regions exam or any type of test like that because now we're trying to focus to teach for an exam and we we forgot how to teach beyond that um, and that's why I don't agree with these exams and they're making the kids more stressful, especially these SET classes yep. and pressure in terms of college. And not only that, it's not, it's not for everyone because people in certain communities don't have SAT classes. Some schools has SAT classes, um, incorporated in their curriculum once they get to junior or senior year, but not every school has that. My school definitely did not have SAT classes. They had to kind of make it, and when they made it, it was like ready last minute. Oh wow! And we are, you know, we're taking PST, and we thinking we know everything when we're not even physically, not physically, but mentally, not ready for the um, these high state. I think one of, one of the biggest examples of me seeing students mentally just checked out was when I taught third and fourth grade self-contained class in the 2018-19 school year and um i was teaching to the test mm-hmm. from january to april so then as april come the ela test came first and then the math test was in may and i watched on the ela test um i watched these students when it when the test was given out just start breaking down crying like each student had their own mechanism of how overwhelmed they were and they were overwhelmed because they didn't know the material that they thought they knew in order to answer question six or eight or nine and what broke my heart was this was a special education class that was gonna go on to the next grade regardless but because i had to teach to the test i had to make six of their eight months seem as if if you don't learn this material for the test your school year has been a waste mm-hmm. so now you go through these two days you're giving your all to a fixation of if I don't do well on this, I'm a loser or I'm a failure. Whereas the DOE is looking at you as 
just get it done so we could put it in our our computer because you're going to the next grade regardless. And it's and you know what? And this is why, honestly, even beyond just regions and state exams, I don't really agree with licensing exams for career either. Um, because things like taking exams to be a licensed teacher in New York or taking exams to be a licensed nurse in New York and things like that, although you're testing the knowledge, these things are based on performance. So why don't you test people based on their performance? It, you're limiting your reach and your pool of successful teachers that you can hire. Mm-hmm. If you're now just hiring them based on their ability to answer questions, exactly on something they may never teach. Because just because someone is smart, don't mean that they can perform mm-hmm. a great class. Nowadays, that drill method, how when we went back to school, it doesn't. It's not something that's gonna stick with you. But then it goes back to what's smart, right? So I'm not a certified teacher because I can't pass three tests that you laid out. But what if I was in a program that allowed me to teach without passing those tests and I've been getting effective and soaring um, observations? Mm. But this is why I said we need to start looking at, I can say, for teaching based on performance level. Because mm-hmm. me, I, I think and I know that I'm an effective teacher. And even in my years of going to college and my presentations, my presentations has always been astonishing, mm-hmm. A1, because I target learning in a way that is fun. So, for example, an assignment that I did in college um, was two, I would say. One was based on a book, and I had to use this in school, children to learn about their rights. The way I got kids to be more engaged and wanted to be involved is that we shooted a documentary, a little short film, with kids expressing and acting out their rights. From then, that stick with them forever. Mm. And then the second thing I did was how do you make reading a novel in school interesting? What I did, I turned the... You know, when we talked about the book at the end or every chapter, we turned it into a show. There you go. We turned it to a talk show. Each kid had to be a certain character in the book and explain, you know, why do you think John did not have a relationship with Anthony? Like, what was the dynamic? And that child had to embody, you know, a lot of role playing. Learning to life. And that's what we need to do. Not only learning to life, making learning fun, turn it into a game, turn it into a song. Because, you know, as much as we like to joke, my son know all the rap songs and everything like that. But that son don't know them, their, how to add wow. or how to do certain things, you know. Like oh. my kids recently know their parents' number. And the reason why is because I turned it into a song. So yeah. now they know when they go boom, boom, clap, boom, 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 clap. They know how to say the numbers. But now, now it's not only that you turn it into a song. You turn, you use their learning style. Exactly. Because sometimes it's not. It's not that the student likes rap more than um, reading, but it's that the student enjoys learning a rap more than the student enjoys learning how to read. But then you have to, like you said, you have to teach based on the children's interests. Figure out what the kids. 
is interested about. And that's why as a job, as a teacher, you got to try to build a community within your classroom, build a relationship within your classroom. If you know your kids like bowl and they into basketball, turn everything into a to about bowl. Make it about politics. Competition is Competition. Make it fun. Because the point is, when you teach, for me, it's important for me to know that the things that I'm teaching is embedded in your long-term memory. Not something that you just know this week and next week you won't forget. Because mm. this is what we've been doing all our life. Learning to pass a test, learning how to pass a quiz, and then just forgetting about everything that we learn right after we finish with the class. Yeah, you're right. You got a point about that. <laughs> and that's how I feel about it. But that's what teaching to the test does, right? Exactly. It creates this teaching and this learning that's now built on, once I take this test, do I care anymore? Mm. How, how how much of the information has have I processed for my everyday life as opposed to have I processed for May 8th and May 9th? How much of my teaching style have I perfected for the rest of my career or have I just perfected it for May 8th and May 9th? And the important thing is it's like you want to... The goal is to impact these children. The goal is to, to make sure that they learn something that they can take for the rest of their life. The, the goal is to know that a change happened. And, you know, speaking of changes, there was a lot of changes in the past two years, especially with COVID and the teaching dynamic. I know schools in Georgia, they already started doing teaching online, you know, years ago and in person. But for us who live in New York, students were new to going to school online. And what do you think your difference in terms of speak teaching in person and teaching online due to COVID, do you think that the kids benefit from teaching online? Do you think online learning is going to be the new generation now? What's your aspect on that? And so try to, to try to strip it down, I was able to, um, to live this on, on both fronts. The first front was as a teacher. Um, my world just crashed in May, I mean, in March when we were told to go home, March 2020. And uh, I just was stuck on stupid. I was like, wow, the, the, the very fabric and the very just foundation of how I learned how to teach you know, was taken away from me. You know, my, my ability to relate, my ability to be there, my ability to talk, to say good morning, to, to counsel on top of, instruct with my pedagogical experience. So it was no longer there. You know, so now, for the same aspect of learning, I signed up to go back to school for my master's to to interact with professors. But I had to learn things now online. And that became disheartening. That became somewhat depressing because I wasn't able to, to now interact with my colleagues. Mm-hmm. And, the way you want to. And the basis outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Just, just going to get a drink real quick and just talking about things outside of school. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I don't think that online teaching should be the only route I think it should be a, a side dish I think it should mm-hmm. be an asset I think it should be um, three days in person and then the other two days like a hybrid like you know these are the weeks we come in school and these are the weeks that we teach online mm-hmm. I don't feel like teaching online is suitable for the younger kids because in general kids need that social interaction they need the being in a school with kids engaging with others engaging with teachers and then again you don't know how 
how kids school life is maybe kids live in a shelter maybe and and this is the reality of 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 life in general a lot of people think oh all the kids are getting food or they're getting lunch or or whatever but in reality there's a lot of kids who are homeless or sleeping in their car with their parents and going through real hard struggles yep. the, 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 and people don't realize that the, the online learning mm-hmm. it it took away from the escape exactly there, there's, there's an escape that the average child gets whether it's escaping negativity mm-hmm. or just escaping like me for instance um at home i was made to believe that i needed to act appropriate mm-hmm. so that means don't drop a crumb you know don't take a soda without asking um little things you no know, don't throw any food in the garbage make sure you, so now in school was my outlet Mm-hmm. Now, going to school was where I, I didn't have to be perfect. All I had to do was get good grades, but I can I can run around a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I can yell. I can raise my voice. Mm-hmm. And so, whether it's whether you're you're the most sound and well behaved child, or whether you're the child that has issues at home, not being able to leave the home produce a, a dynamic to where it would be hard for me to think that we we excelled academically mm-hmm. throughout our nation, throughout the world since we had to really rely on remote learning as opposed to in person. Mm-hmm. But I was happy to see that we were able to take this time to now become better teachers overall. Mm-hmm. I and, am a and better different, teacher. Different aspects and different situations. Big yeah, big time. And I felt like with me, I'm, I felt like, I always felt like teaching online was going to be something. But I didn't think it would happen through a pandemic. And... Honestly, I felt like it made me a better teacher overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to use certain softwares. What we need to do is like have more of these softwares for these kids as well um, to do the online learning. I do feel like there are some benefits of working at home. So if it could be like a hybrid almost, like, okay, we do like four days in school and two days online or something like that that would be cool especially living in new york in the winter time <laughs> yeah. um that would be something that would be good i think in for everyone or even I think a four-on-one model you, you, yeah you come to school for four and then the, the friday let's say you're not learning the typical things you're learning in school let's say you're learning things based upon your interests or your mm-hmm. passion and what you want to be in life so now it could how. be Friday skill day or there something like that. That would be dope. And, and you know, and, and not only that, like, you know, having something like that would just benefit the kids. Like, um, just, like I said, I went to private school, right? One thing I felt like the school that had took over my school because my school actually closed down. The school actually provides academic service Monday to Thursday. And then Friday, the kids have to come to school and work jobs to pay towards their tuition, mm-hmm. which I feel like was genius. Not only that, um, I feel like we need to start bringing certain things back. When I was in school, because I went to a Catholic school, we had Spanish class mm-hmm. in elementary school. And I noticed working in public school, they don't have like any language class from elementary unless you go to a, like a bilingual school. Yeah. And I think we need to bring that back because when they're younger, they grasp the language even more. More sense to that. 
So then when they go to high school, they're not really interested in Spanish or things like that. Or you're, you're putting your mind towards learning it easier. When you're young, because that's when you were a sponge. I feel like me, I am diverse. I can speak two languages. And it's only because, you know, I was around. And when I was younger, I had Spanish classes. So I still know a little Spanish, but I'm not really conversational or anything like that because it has stopped at a certain point. Gotcha. But I feel like if I had continued from elementary school, middle school, and high school, Spanish, I probably would have been fluent in Spanish. And one thing I do appreciate about going to a private school too is typing class. You think it's so, you think you're not even thinking about it. Bring back Maven Beacon, Mavis Beacon, because with that, I end up having a job at 311 because my typing skills are impeccable. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen. I was in a typing class in sixth grade. There was an actual class inside of my schedule like twice a, a week. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen something like that since. Exactly. Yeah. Education definitely changed from when we were in school. That's to how that. I learned how to use the keyboard. And that's why from now on, when I type, I could type a whole paragraph and I look at the keyboard. I can type really wow. fast. And even back then when we had the little sidekicks and all that, I was really, <laughs> I was, I was really good at that too. So. Definitely, we need to bring certain things like that. But I loved having you here and having this discussion about the education system because there's a lot we can say about that. You sure if no, you, there's no more you want to talk about, that's it. Ah, uh, that's it because we're going way over time. But definitely, I will have you back for other topics because I feel like anything in the education system, we can go on and on about how we can grow and evolve. All we want to do is. But do better for the kids. Absolutely. But the only way we can do that is to change the systematic system that's not designed for all learners. We need to design it for all learners and all people and different ethnic groups because not everyone's situation is the same. And we need to understand that and to put certain things in place so we can change that for the future. Most important thing when it comes to education, and I would tell this to the, the lawmakers, the policymakers, the administrators, teachers the paraprofessionals um and anybody that's a part of any school that that services kids and, and puts his foot forward to make sure that kids have the best education po- possible is make it applicable and just give every kid a chance you know place no limitations you know they all have a potential and you want to build them to the potential give everyone a chance and um, watch the fruits of your label grow and not only that if you have Anything you want to say about designing an education plan for the city itself, make sure you have people who's within different communities and different aspects be the representative for these children, not coming at, coming at it based on your own experience because everything is a case-by-case scenario. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that. Thank you for everyone who listens to No Topic. Keep supporting us. Um, definitely, Devon, I appreciate you coming here. You are an amazing you. guest. Please, you know, tell everybody your social media page so they can follow you. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Wake Up and Be Great, and um, on there you will see just you know pretty much me tapping into the community, um, different leadership aspects, career development, um, health and wellness, and just um, being what I wish I had when I was younger. That's just somebody that could show the youth that they could be successful and cool at the same time. Thank you so much. You guys follow at No Topic. Share with your friends. Write a review. You can listen to this on all media platform 
um, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. You can listen to it at all, and you can see the visual. So thank you, and keep listening. Deuces.